Welcome to Something Crunchy. Tyler is homies with Blake. Blake is the older bro of Blair. Blair is married to Tyler and is a slutty slut slut. Welcome to Something Crunchy. What the hell is crunchy? Welcome to Something Crunchy. Welcome to another special edition episode of Something Crunchy. I am Cullen Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. Could not be more excited to bring on our very crunchy guest joining us today. He's an actor, comedian, writer, director, producer, a four-time Emmy Award winner, has written over a hundred episodes for The Simpsons and other popular shows like Frasier, Malcolm in the Middle, and George Lopez. Please welcome Jay Kogan. Welcome to Something hey. Crunchy. Thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm fine. You know, I, I, I don't know if your audience is aware, there's applause, but there is a COVID pandemic going on. Those people should be separated and wearing masks. <laughs> Safety first, yeah, of course. Safety first. Uh, so this okay. is going to be released on Super Bowl Sunday. Will you be watching the game? Uh, I probably will be watching the game, but sadly, I'll just be watching it uh, with my alone or trying to drag my son and my wife to watch it with me. <laughs> my guess is uh, it may just be me watching alone. We'll be doing the same thing over here. So who do you like in this one? I'm, I have a money down on the Chiefs. Money down uh, we'll on the Chiefs. See, I would probably yeah. say the same. You know, three and a half, they got that. The smart football fan in me says never bet against Tom Brady, even though you just want to every year. But <laughs> it's not even want to. That's a, it's just, uh, listen, they're, it's good. It's got to be a close game. It seems like it's going to be a close game. Yeah. The Chiefs just performed very, very well. And, and, you know, the odds makers are telling me that, uh, you know, that's, the Chiefs are favored, so no, let the good, the Chiefs I'm happy. with you. The, the good money is betting on the returning champs. I definitely agree. I mean, and who wants to see the Tampa Bay Patriots win this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I whatever. It's all let Tom Brady's very good quarterback. I I complain about many things about Tom Brady, but he's actually quite good. So of course, uh, very, very, yeah. So let him let him be a good quarterback. It's, let, I mean, he doesn't he. He should spend time doing that and staying out of politics. That's what I say. Yeah. Agreed. Just play more football. Well said. Yeah, exactly. So are you a big fan? Are there any teams that you follow? I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a Los Angeles Dodger fan. I grew up, uh, I was born in Brooklyn and moved to Los Angeles just like the Dodgers did. And uh, I'm a big Dodger fan. I like the Lakers. I'm not I'm not a big Rams fan or any of the L.A. football team fans. Football I'm just betting on. I'm not, to me, that they're just pieces of meat to be moved around from <laughs> uniform to uniform. Right. So you grew up in Encino and your father in the industry. You have some pretty epic stories because of this. I heard that there was a summer growing up you had every one of the Jackson kids, including Michael and Janet, in your home because your dad was producing their summer special and you guys had hosted their what? premiere party. Is that right? Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't the whole summer. <laughs> and they weren't they weren't coming one at a time. They they all came together as a group because my dad had a party. So yes, that that, that. I did I did uh, know the Jacksons uh, briefly cool. and not well, but they were they were they lived in the neighborhood. They were Encino families. Their wow. Jacksons lived down the street. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit fucking awesome. The closest most come yeah, to they, that is quoting the Goonies. Some, I know some people from the Goonies, <laughs> but uh, but you know, they're uh, uh, the Jacksons. Michael Jackson. Lived down the street from our local market, Gelson's, and so uh, we'd see him. I'd see him at the Mike's Pizza Place, and uh, also at Gelson's in general. And then he'd say, every now and then he'd come to my house. Wow! So, like, how how old were you when this happened, and how old were they when this happened, or Michael specifically? Uh, well, Michael was a little bit older than me, so I guess I was within molesting age. But he didn't, <laughs> he didn't didn't touch me. I think Blake almost uh, just spit out all of his beer uh, when he said that. Worst timing for uh, me to take a sip. It's sorry. stuck in my um, chest. Yeah, but I was like, you know, ten or something, ten or eleven. Yeah, that and, is uh, that is right they, in that age. They were, exactly, and they were older. You know, most of the Jacksons were older. The only one who was kind of my age was a kid named Randy Jackson. Okay, so my age. <laughs> Randy. Okay. So Randy. So they they were still Jackson Five at that point, not quite the Jacksons, right? They were called the Jacksons at that time. I think it was really? the Jackson Somerset because, because they incorporated their brothers and sisters, like Randy Jackson, who was the sixth Jackson brother, I, um, was would be there. And then there's Reeby and Latoya and Janet, mm-hmm. and they're all they're all all the Jacksons were in it. Everybody. Yeah. 
That was just a couple years before their epic live album. Then that was God. That was a good album. Um, uh, you know, I'm not not incredibly familiar with their Ovra, but you know, the, the, the Jackson Five the, is delicious ear candy. I mean, I want you it back. Really it's is. never yeah. gotten bad. It really all, is all great. And then and Michael Jackson's recordings are great. But you know, can you separate the artist from the art? Sure. Absolutely. I still Absolutely. love R. Kelly. I mean, yeah, I was watching the Kevin Spacey movie just last night, yeah. thinking that exact same thing. Really? Yeah. All right. Would well, you feel bad, you know, knowing that some of that money is going to a bad guy? Maybe. Of course I do, but I mean, I could rationalize myself in and out of everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, well, what, what I watch is no different. All right. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe you examine your life a little bit more in your decisions. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I okay. should I should be a little more conscious to it. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's different. It's different. Like, you know, if you, if somebody says that, uh, uh, I don't know, some star from the 1930s was a complete jerk and you go like, well, you know, or, you know John Wayne was a racist or something like that. But, right. Well, it's, it doesn't matter anymore. That, you know, <laughs> not getting that money, but right now there are people who might benefit or not benefit from your hard earned dollar. No, it's true. But I'm, at the same time, I'm also convinced that if you wanted to, you could find something you didn't like about anybody Everybody. And, and make it public. Yes. Totally. That is probably, uh, that is, that is absolutely true. So the only question is separating the art from the artist. I agree with you, by the way, that you do separate the art from the artist. But yeah. I, I was just, think devil's advocate because no, that's what I do. No, that's true. And that's an appropriate conversation to have following up the Jacksons. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, were there any other casual hangouts with global icons in those days? I, I mean, well, it's not going to mean much. To, I don't even know how old you guys are, 30s. but, but um, 30. Okay. So, so you're probably too young to remember a show called the Carol Burnett show. Of course, so show called... of course we know Carol yeah. Burnett's show. Well, and you okay. were, you were well, on Carol Burnett. You were on with Dean Martin and Bob Newhart. Yeah, but I'm saying that yes. when I was a kid, I was on all the shows. But when I was a kid, my dad worked on the Carol Burnett show, and that's how I was on the Carol Burnett show. And, and the fact that, that knowing people on the Carol Burnett show was like knowing people from Saturday Night Live. It was like a huge, yeah. Yeah. crazy, crazy thing. And now those names are not huge, hip, and crazy. So it's sort of like it's less – Less exciting to people uh, uh, now, but at the time I was like, "Whoa, you know Carol Burnett and you know Tim Conway? Wow!" You know, I love crazy. Carol Burnett. Gotta be <laughs> yeah. huge yeah. to meet her, and know her. She she is awesome, by the way. She's a wonderful person. Oh, I'm, that's I'm awesome to hear. Yeah, like I don't know what uh, you and Blair's dad did for a living. What did he do? That that's funny. You mentioned that he was a labor relations consultant, v- very similar to oh. uh, a Simpsons. Episode okay, so if he if he hung out with Cesar Chavez at at any given point. Uh, <laughs> Not that we're aware of, would, but could have. <laughs> it would have been really cool, right? It would have yeah, been like, of but it wouldn't have been remarkable because that's his gig. That's his that's his thing. So you know, or, or uh, you know, any any uh, uh, union, either uh, union head or union buster. Of course, that's <laughs> so, exactly right. So sure. I mean, that's a, so the, the, this is uh, uh, this is what my dad hanging out with my dad's friends and my dad's associates was very cool, but not shocking. Not right. crazy shocking. Well, that's yeah. awesome. You know we got to get into The Simpsons. Shall we just sure. go ahead and get it out of the oh, way? Oh, we have to. You, sure. The Simpsons is the most successful television show in history. It was named Best Series of the Entire 21st Century by Time Magazine, and you wrote the first completed <laughs> script for an episode. No big deal. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Hit me. How often do you go to Time Magazine to figure out what to watch from TV? Oh, man. Never. <laughs> <laughs> There's Time Magazine's Time, Time Magazine's ten best tonight. You know, no, no, never. But yes, Time Magazine may have uh, honor. Simpsons was a great show. So you're telling maybe me you're not that. proud of that? You should. You know, you're. I'm proud, proud of, of the Simpsons. I'm not proud of Time Magazine saying we're good. Like, <laughs> I can understand I'm right that. With, yeah, I'm all right with the, everybody else saying it, but it's like that, that seems like the not the authority. Like if Car and Driver said the best show for Car and Driver. <laughs> Tyler would agree for sure. You know, give me give me somebody who who, who looks at comedy shows and then then decide. Okay, something crunchy called this the best yeah. all time series <laughs> ever made. There you go. All right, yes. that means something. That's how you name it. Something crunchy. And you wrote the cool. first episode. Like that's awesome. All right. So, which Simpsons questions do you awesome. get asked most often? Um, they ask me about. How did Mr. Burns get his name? Or how did, was, was Smithers was Smithers really black at first? Or really? Um, oh. 
Is he gay? Yeah. Every, he was. He, he, I'll he, he's definitely gay. He did, and he but officially he came black. out. Yep. But, uh, well, he started yeah. off. I thought it was a mistake that it was just like a no. production issue. We wrote him as black. Really? We wrote him as a black guy. Yeah. And then when we decided he's also gay, everybody said he can't be black and gay. Got to tone it down uh, a little bit. Oh. Yeah. One or the other. So then we, we removed we removed the black, and uh, then he just was, became gay. All right, that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I, love but, that I mean, character. I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I did I think too. he would have been fine black and gay, but I love how you did yeah, it. Yeah, we did uh, too much. You know, they, they didn't want to back. It was early, you know, Media's in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Media, so so to, uh, to have not met that many black characters on the show, but also then to have a black and gay seemed like a little bit too much. We also had Doctor Hibbert was one of my one of my characters. It was yes. also a woman, and they they said uh, Doctor Doctor Hibbert. Shouldn't be a woman. Doctor Hibbert should be black Dr. and a man. Hibbert was so. a woman. Yeah, I'm hearing woman. all this. This is a good stuff. Yeah. Julia, Julia Hibbert was the wife. Was was actually this actress named Julia Sweeney. So Julia oh, yeah. Sweeney was married to this guy named Steve Hibbert. And so a friend of mine from the Groundlings, Julia Hibbert, I said, "I'll name a character after you." So Julia Hibbert was the black woman doctor uh, that we created, and then we decided, "Oh no." It's got to be a man, uh, and then it became Julius Hibbert. A Julius. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is That's good. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love yeah. learning all this now. Okay, so I mean, you could point to the show as a whole, obviously, because you were there from the beginning. But are there any other characters or specific places in Springfield that you could take pride in for specifically being your brainchild? I created Burns and Smithers. I created help help. I landed. Krusty the Clown kind of existed before me, but oh, nice. we, we landed Krusty the Clown. It was it was like a an idea before we did it. So I, I take a little credit for Krusty. I take credit for um, uh, Lionel Hutz. I take credit for um, uh, uh, Nick Riviera. Um, Doctor Nick. Yeah, Doctor Nick. Wow. The there's a professor Frank. I mean, we we have my partner and I, Wally Wawodarski, we wrote these uh, scripts. So we we created, I think I counted something like over a hundred characters. Oh my god, this is that just sounds like the funnest thing world. in the world. I'm so happy right now. It it, it was fun. It's so that it had to have been just so much fun. Wow, it was, it was hard work, but really fun. Like we were working very very hard for the first five years, just sure. creating stuff and figuring it out and not knowing, you know, at the beginning, not knowing it was going to be seen by anybody, but we worked really, really long hours and late nights all year round, not 52 weeks a year to sort of make this stuff. And then they started figuring out like people need a vacation. Can't work every so day. About, about, yeah. About year three, we started taking vacations and then we were oh. getting burnt out by then. So we, we left pretty, pretty well by, by year season five, we were pretty well done. Yeah. Did you have any formal training or education before, or did you just figure out how to create these characters and write the scripts on your own, just as it goes? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I went to college, <laughs> so I formal training. So I, I read books, I've seen movies and TV shows. So that my formal training was sort of, uh, and my dad's a writer. So in the in the world of writing, it's just about you know watching watching things and then writing. See, I love doing. hearing you say yeah, that. Yeah, that's good to hear. That, that's inspiration. To yeah, us. that's motivation. You, I, mean, I heard you say in an interview before can... that you um like you know you you went to school and you did a lot of training and this and that, but there was, it was nothing that you you didn't learn from watching movies and watching TV that helped you develop scripts yeah, and characters. Yeah, we can. There's no, you know, bona fide. There's no, nobody asks you for your degree when you enter shows. And they say, you know, show me your script. Show me that, right. you know, what what it is. So all you have to do is sort of work hard on a, some good scripts and make sure they're funny and hone your craft. The more you write, the better you get, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of animation, uh, I didn't have any animation experience until The Simpsons, but I didn't need any because it was just more writing, writing. I didn't right. have to draw the characters. I just had to describe them. Sure. And then the really part. talented artists, really talented artists drew them and animated them and made them beautiful. So it was a good, good team. So I didn't have to do much. I learned a lot about animation. I know a lot now. But. Yeah. And as you were listing off those characters, I mean, you're, you're listing off some of my, my favorites. Oh, of First of all, I firmly believe that the writing for C. Montgomery Burns is the best writing in the show. That is the the, the best writing <laughs> is easy. for that character. Yeah, I, you think the, it's well, easy? The, Homer, the Homer, yes. 
Mr. Burns and, and Homer are the more fun, more fun, easier things to write. Wow. You can write on Arch Villain, like Homer's easy because he's basically uh, learning disabled. So yes. if you write, you can write dumb jokes for a bad character and get away with it. If you can write evil jokes for Mr. Burns and get away with it. and antiquated evil. So all you have to do is sort of combine great moments of you know history, early 1900s history, with arch evilness, and then you have Mr. Burns. So you like quote, yeah, you brought quote it- some some strange like you know. The Russian Revolution and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, brass knuckles, and then you have some version of Mr. Burns. So, who who were your favorite characters to write for or to work into stories? Oh, I mean, like I said, Homer, and it was was very a delightful. Mr. Burns was delightful. We mm-hmm. used to write a lot of Lisa stories and and Bart stories and Marge stories, but they were they're not the most fun to write because they take work and humanity and wisdom. <laughs> and, and that takes time and effort to think about these things. Uh, you know, Dr. Nick Riviera doesn't take any time at all. It's just the guy, <laughs> chill, you know, so, so that, that's those, those, those jokes are easier. The, the jokes are fun. The stories are hard. Jokes are fun. So stories, making good stories. I can is really fun. Yeah. I love that. So I was looking at uh, the episodes that you wrote. And there are several that just jump off the page, but one or two in particular, I just feel compelled to ask about. Any guesses on which I'm talking sure. about? Um, I don't have any guesses because people, some people have have a interesting. I just I was told I was online not long ago on Twitter. People telling me that Homer's Odyssey was the worst episode of The Simpsons ever, which was one of the first ev- yeah. episodes ever. What? And it's like, and I was like, okay, well, if you sorry you feel sorry you feel <laughs> that com- way. I completely so, disagree. I, I was gonna say, I couldn't feel yeah. more opposite. No, about the that. only negative thing I have to say about any one of your episodes was when I was watching the other night, which is Bart gets an F. And the only negative mm-hmm. I have is that it's way too relatable to to me and, uh, and my <laughs> learning. It was just way too relatable. Like it was like, yeah, this is all right. Well, I mean, it's it's all. I I like them all. I have my own favorites, but well, you know, people love. Uh, um, Last Exit to Springfield. A lot of people say that is their favorite episode of all time. That's and what I. I, that's I like what I was it. Getting that Last Exit. I like to it. It's not my favorite, but I'm like I, I like a lot of people like it, and that's great. It had jokes just constantly throughout it. It was a great episode. I completely get why everyone likes it. I like it personally because of all the labor relations involved in it. And it's yes, something that we're familiar with. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, right. So I, I found it um, you know interesting for that. But what are some of your favorite episodes? The, the ones I wrote, I mean, my favorite episode, the one I wrote, I always uh, quote is Bart the Daredevil. I think that's my very favorite episode oh, yeah. because it, it, I yeah. like, it's an early episode. It still yep. felt fresh. I like Truckosaurus. <laughs> I like, there's yes. a guy named uh, uh, Lance Majors who is a stunt, evil Knievel kind of stunt guy <laughs> yeah. who winds up jumping over, <laughs> trying to jump over a pool of of sharks and a lion like there's shark there's a lion <laughs> swimming lion. in with the with the water with the sharks and then of course lance majors falls in and breaks every bone in his body and is then attacked by a lion as he tries to get out <laughs> which is to me very funny i also like uh there's another uh, great moment in that uh, episode where uh homer's flying over a, a cliff the Springfield oh, Gorge. That's right. And that then, was that episode? That was like, yeah, yeah and that's he, ingrained and he's saying, in my I'm memory. king of the world. And then, and then he falls down the cliff. And he was, was very controversial and very, right. very hard to do because Matt Groening didn't want us to do it. And he said, no, we can't do this. this that's old timey cartoon bullshit. And we said, uh, it's going to be funny. And he said, no, no, it's bad. And I said, he's going to get hurt as he goes down the, the mountain. And, <laughs> no, we're not doing it. And then. Um, the other executive producer of the show, Sam Simon, actually said, no, we're going to do it. And uh, uh, that was a big fight between them and we got to do it. And it's a great sequence. And it's one of the best sequences ever in the history of the of the Simpsons. And uh, if we almost didn't do it. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I love it. It's it's one of my favorite things I've ever written in my life. It's just the cliff. The, 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 we're king of the world and then not making it, falling down the cliff, getting rescued by the helicopter and the, the helicopter bashing him into the cliff as he's going, getting put into the ambulance, finally getting rescued, and then that ambulance hits the tree, is falling out of it, and going right back down the cliff. Like, to me, that's Buster Keaton-worthy. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's beautiful. So good. Was Buster Keaton-worthy. <laughs> yeah. Slapstick, it's highbrow, I love it. I have a feeling. Yeah, but low- and we, and he, he was in the hospital. He did get hurt. We we sort of we acknowledged that it's 
very painful to fall down a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling most people would say Mr. Plow was the most iconic episode that you had anything to do with. I agree. Fabulous, fabulous episode. What is it about the Mr. Plow episode that made it so memorable and iconic with the song? Yeah, I guess it's the song. And it's the whole vibe of the the whole show. Like, you know, it's it's a, you know, being caught up, being caught up with a a product. It is. (laughs) It's great. Uh, Let's talk about the amount of people who believe the Simpsons is a crystal ball that predicts the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, I lean more on the side of eventuality when having decades of subject matter published and over 800 right. episodes. But there is you are some, wise. yeah, but there is something to the volume of things that have come true and also how seemingly rare some of them have been. I mean, Siegfried and Roy, the Trump mm-hmm. presidency, Ebola, even the Disney merger. 10,000 monkeys, the typewriters, you know? I mean, what can you do? It's like we're making... Uh, 22 to 24 episodes a year. They're, you know, the joke per minute ratio is massive. Some of those stupid ideas are going to become real things. So you believe That's like I do that if you just did any, any show with that much subject matter in that many years of material, it's just going to overlap that way no matter what. Yeah, any any show that that uh, any show that's listening to, uh, that, to the society and the culture and, and making fun of. Uh, Famous people, <laughs> famous, thing, famous people, weird things are going to happen to famous people. It's just going to, going to happen. Yeah. Trump was famous and then he became president. And we, no one predicted it. We couldn't have predicted it. It seems like the stupidest thing on earth. It's and then it actually happened. It's the craziest happened, so. thing, though. That is just, <laughs> we thought of the most that wild is, that thing. It that just happened to come true. <laughs> it really is right. mind-blowing. What's the dumbest thing you can think of? Exactly. Donald Trump being president. <laughs> and then there it is. So not... Not our fault. No, we had the wisdom. Yeah, it's like, no, that's great. Uh, I understand the Simpsons were created yellow in order to attract channel surfers and get people to stop on those bright colors. And it definitely worked. I would get into like a trance watching it when I was young. Uh, Were there any other intentional design concepts, visual or otherwise, that had a specific Well, if you look at the original, look of the original Simpsons to what they became on the show and the ones on the Tracy Ullman show, they were much uh, pointier. (laughs) They they got rounded out. Um, They they were much more sketched. Sketched, yeah. Uh, Bart... Bart, I think, is based on, and I, this is not my design, I didn't do it, but Matt Groening, I think Bart is basically based on Charlie Brown. There's a version of Bart's, Bart's head and haircut, and oh. it's basically a, a modern-day version of Charlie Brown. The, the sort of, Charlie Brown has a, has a shirt that, that has, you know, oh, a, yeah. a, a, serrated, a serrated, yeah, serrated, that's the, head yeah. Top of, that's the top of, of uh, Bart's head. And oh, my god! I believe... That's cool. And I oh, believe, shit. yeah, I believe Homer's also kind of Charlie Brownish. So I mean, this is a uh, they have the same haircut, Matt, Matt like the one hair. Yeah, exactly. So you got you got Matt Groening who loves Charles Schultz, Schultz and Peanuts, sort of saying, let's trying to do that instead of telling the people who are actually drawing it, you know, um, how to do it. And you know, he was very involved in character design and all that stuff. So the look of the show, those primary colors and all that stuff. A lot of that is from Matt, and then uh, some of it's from Sam. But Matt knows his animation, man. He didn't want, he didn't want. Um, at a certain point, when at the beginning of the show, uh, Homer was, or the Tracy Ullman show actually, Homer used to grab Bart's throat and choke him, <laughs> and their their faces used to sort of elongate when that happened. Yes. And Matt was very upset about that. So do not elongate their heads. Their heads just remain the same size. No matter what happens, so um, well, their head shape used to change a lot. Like even when they would walk and just and talk, their their heads would move a lot more. And yeah, that definitely changed. Okay, that's interesting. And I love learning this behind the scenes. Yeah, this is. I love learning about the Charlie Brown connection and like you know things like how uh, you know Homer's head. You can see the M and G. Um, I mean, is right. there any other things like that specifically tied? Yeah, I mean, the the Simpsons. We were never allowed to draw them straight on. They're always at a three quarter profile, so you see their nose. Yep. And you see, there's like so. Oh. It's very rare where where you have a a flat close up of any of the characters. It's gonna usually it's got to be like the the characters looking uh, a quarter one right or a quarter left. Oh, I can't wait nose. to watch more. Yeah, I know. It's even though we already watch Simpsons like every day, I'm still. Yeah. I can only think of Homer's face face on. I can't even see. A face uh, on. I don't think so. I mean, no. most of the time he's like. 
a little bit a little bit yeah, tilted so. to the right Only as left in like extreme nose. rare occasions where it's yeah. like intentional but no i think i know exactly right. what you're talking about or or his head is tilted down but yeah. very rarely is it flat oh yeah homer straight on his head all right last simpsons question yeah sure homer's middle name tied to you yes. in any way well i gave them all the middle initial j yeah yeah so Homer J. Simpson, Bartholomew J. Simpson, I believe Abraham's <laughs> the, the grandfather's yeah. middle initial J. I love and, that. And uh, I, I did it not for me, not for me, not to honor me, but to honor Bowinkle J. Moose, oh, the, uh, nice. the the Bowinkle character. Yeah, exactly. Rocket J. Squirrel and Bowinkle J. Moose. So that that to me was a nod to this other great cartoon that existed for adults oh, before that's, us. That's really cool. That is amazing. I suspected that may yeah. have been the case. That's awesome. Wait Somebody's been doing some research. <laughs> a little bit. Well, he's okay. been doing Simpsons research <laughs> since like Simpsons began. Yeah, 1991. All right. All right. Well, I cannot wait to get into more. But before we do, let's take a break. This episode of Something Crunchy is brought to you by Quantum Week. Quantum Week is a podcast that takes a random week over the past 41 years and they break down the movies, music, and headlines that made that week unique. Recently, they have reviewed movies like Mean Girls, Beetlejuice, and Top Gun and discussed music by Katy Perry, Hootie and the Blowfish, and Drake. Episodes are released frequently and you can find Quantum Week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all other podcast listening platforms. Go pick a week and get started. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Something Crunchy, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. It now pays to crunch down every week because we're hooking you up with big discounts from big brands. Up to 35% off Invicta watches using code CRUNCHY and apparel from 8080, where in addition to 10% off using code CRUNCHY, every dollar you spend goes toward an entry into the Dream Car Giveaway. Don't forget to join the Something Crunchy Facebook group for updates, polls, and the web's crunchiest memes. You can find us on Twitter at crunch underscore cast. And feel free to send any questions in your track submissions to somethingcrunchy at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the show. And we're back. Crunching down with Mr. Jay Kogan. You have written a lot for TV, Frasier, Malcolm in the Middle, some really big shows. You've also worked mm-hmm. in film. Just actually rewatched The Wrong Guy the other day. It still holds up. Oh, so, I bless you. That's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> and so does Jennifer Tilly. Like that was. Yes. She's she's amazing. Um, th- she's a national yeah. treasure. She really is. All right, so let's yeah. let, let's talk about that. It's it was very 1997, meaning that it was perfect for the time. Like in '97, that mm-hmm. was. Every joke hit. That was the perfect style of humor to use. That was absolutely great. Um, right. I, I absolutely love that. And, and that one, you, you wrote that. And you didn't direct it, but you, you produced it. You wrote it and you acted in it. You were the bus driver too, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, was, I gave myself a little part. But yeah, I try not to. Um, <laughs> uh, but but, uh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that because I was there. I was stuck in uh, Canada, or not stuck, but uh, the pleasure of being in Canada, but for <laughs> several months. So at the at the that moment, I could do something on camera was kind of fun for me. But but for I sure. try not. I, I am an actor, but I'm not a great actor. So I try not to cast myself in stuff because I a I'm not great, and b I'm taking a job away from another person. So uh, that would I've, and I'm already working. So That's very curious. I don't need yeah. you. both. That's a good reason. But I. I failed on the on the wrong guy. I gave myself that bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun seeing you pop up. You have also been the script doctor on many of the Mike Myers movies that everyone loves, and we have to talk about this. I mean, writing comedy, punching up, and doctoring scripts. This is honestly right. my dream job. Yeah, that yeah. sounds um, so fun. First, explain to our audience what a script doctor is, and for us, how do you become one? Do I need to go to script medical school first to become a script <laughs> doctor? You, you must. Is there a residency um, well, that goes along with that? Like four years? <laughs> yeah. They, the residency is be on something popular. It's <laughs> like, right. honestly, just find yourself in a very lucky position where you're on something popular like the Simpsons and then have people who like comedy say, get me a Simpsons writer. And then, uh, then if you're one of the Simpsons writers, you can say, I'll do it. And then that's how you become a script doctor. So, um, <laughs> really it's, it's, it's really based all these things are based on reputation and credits. So, 
you know, right now, I don't know what the hottest comedy show is, but whatever the hottest comedy show is, that uh, somebody is getting a job as a script doctor from based on that. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So which uh, Mike Myers movies then, did you work on? I worked on the Shrek movies. I think all of the Shrek movies oh. and most of them I worked on. Um, uh, the, the Austin Powers movies and the, the Love Guru, the very famous uh, <laughs> Love Guru, which was not. Not quite as good as the others, or not well as, per- as perceived, but yeah. I mean, man, man, a lot of things. And I wasn't alone. There's lots of people writing jokes for yes. Mike. And Mike Mike is also writing jokes for Mike. So, you know, it's not it's not like he is devoid of jokes. He's got lots of jokes. He's a ra- great writer, too. You know, Blair calls me Jacques the Cock Grande in the bedroom <laughs> all the time. <laughs> really? And you're still talking? Good. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Your marriage is strong. It yeah. sounds like you've got a good bond. Yeah, we do. Yeah, thick, thick bond. Good. Good. I also understand that you worked on the Nutty Professor. I did. I did. That was fun. I mean, listen, my my partner and I, uh, Wally Wadarski, as I say, we're coming off the Simpsons, and people said we want Simpsons writers, so we got to work on a bunch of these things. And um, my my I, one, I remember there was a, there's a scene in the. Uh, both in also in, in this is this is true of the, an Austin Powers movie where I said don't do it it's not going to work and it, it was the biggest joke of the of the movie. Oh, in, do you in, remember? In, yeah, in the in the Nutty Professor, there's a dream sequence where uh, Professor Klump oh, yeah. um, is dreaming that he's like Godzilla going through a big city. Oh yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. He he farts and then knocks down a city, and I was like that's gross. Don't do that. And then it's the biggest laugh in the whole movie. And I was wrong about that. See, I didn't know. I didn't think so. Had I been in that room with you, I would have agreed with you. Um, I I did not. I I thought it was like a little, I I thought it kind of took away from everything that was going. I I did not love it. I I did too at the time, but I've seen it with an audience. (laughs) I've seen it with the audience. And part of being a a comedy writer is writing for the audience. Knowing that you don't know, you don't, well, you, the main thing is you don't know shit. So right. everybody has their own opinion. You only know what you think is funny. Yeah, you don't you know it's no... going to be a hit with everybody. I would have sided yeah. with you 100% on that. Yeah. And, that's, and that is yeah. from a movie that has laughs every two seconds. Yeah. And when I say that that is our dad's favorite movie, I mean that to a yeah. degree that you can't possibly <laughs> fathom. Like, we all love I, that I movie. Probably can't. Everyone loves yeah. that movie. That that's to a, a different degree. Well, you probably watched your father guffaw at the fart joke, and then you maybe question your own sense of family. That table scene <laughs> drives him to tears yeah. every time. Oh, good for him. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. That's, you never know. So so all that's great, and 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 my contribution to the professor is minimal compared to the people that wrote the original screenplay and everybody else. But it was fun to be a uh, part of it, and the same sure. is true with the Austin Powers movies which were written by really great people and smart people. And there was one joke in there where in the, I think the second one, Austin is in a lab and he winds up like tasting what is basically a beaker of boiled <laughs> yes, shit. Yes. Uh, I was like, ah, probably don't do that. I mean, yeah, that isn't was that bad gross. for the character? That was a bit gross. What are we saying about the character? He's like, that's going to be funny. I was like, all right, Mike, you know, I mean, so at gross. that point you don't question Mike Myers. Mike Myers right. is very funny. So let it be funny. And then, He's right most of the time, you know, so there I you th- go. I thought that was a little bit gross. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> All right. So. I'm too gross for me. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like gross jokes. It's like the two yeah. things I, I pointed to were, were gross, but I love gross jokes. We, for we sure. Do. We love I gross have, jokes. Yeah, vomit scenes and gross things and poop jokes. I have no problem with any sure. of that stuff. It's just sometimes it doesn't feel like it's the right time and place. And, yeah. Uh, I get that. Yeah, so that's it. Sometimes I'm wrong. We pretty much made a podcast based on all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. And why is it crunchy? And why is it crunchy? Something crunchy. All right. So, great question. First, this was a band. Is this was like a uh, a mediocre bar band for a couple years? Okay. Way back when you were in, and yeah, that I I was in. I was the bass player of 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 this band, and and it was a good band. I was just like by far the weakest link of this band, the least talented member. Right. But even though I was the weakest link, I was still the one um, like unifying like person that everyone knew, like everyone kind of knew each other through me. So I kind of right. became the leader, which all that meant for, for us was to get us back on track and not make such stony spacey stuff and like kind of get <laughs> right. everyone on the same page. So I'd constantly. What, be, we, what, we, 
What kind of music were you were you trying to make? Who um, who was the ba- who were the bands that you were like looking at as your idols? Well, see, this was interesting because we all had different influences. We had a uh, really talented guitarist and a really talented keyboardist that were both kind of like classic rock, more like standard rock stuff. We had a DJ and a drummer who were ho- more like hip hop influenced and more like hip hop rock stuff. And I'm kind of like a utility player; can all, do it all. Everything. all everything's my style. Um, so it was kind of like, um, if I had to compare it to any other band, I'd say it was kind of on its way to like a tool type of thing, kind of a mm-hmm. perfect circle, okay. kind of like sp- spacey, right. r- spacey rock, I'd say. All right. That's good. We weren't, yeah, I like we, that. We, we weren't so, very good. But you but were the shitty version of tool. Exactly. We were the <laughs> shitty version okay. of tool. And, and we, we did a bunch yeah. of covers and stuff. We, we were like a party rock band. We, you know, I, I worked in a club at the time and we, we had a night there that we did every week. And so anyway, where the name came from was I was constantly getting everybody back together, getting everyone on the same page. Come on guys. I need something. I need something snappy. Need something crunchy. Need something mm-hmm. crunchy. Come right. on. Said it enough. They finally decided right. to name the band that. And, ah. um, and we were thinking of a name for the podcast. Blair thought, well, we should yeah. use that. That was good. It goes with our flow. That was like a, a I term. like turning crunchy into an adjective where it's just like well, the best way yeah. to describe something. And it like was just one back in the day. Good crunchy. That like, was like an eighties, nineties yeah. term. And we, yeah. and we do big in this, you know, the nostalgia, nostalgia. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. sector. revamp. And so we're, we're kind of bringing it back. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm satisfied. Now my podcast can be complete. <laughs> I'm, my research for you guys. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so you're a comedian, improv guy, and a character developer at your core, and you taught me something really interesting when it comes to comedy writing. Uh, I've been writing stand-up comedy for a couple years now, but exclusively in my own style for my voice, my timing, and all. And you highlighted the importance of writing jokes for others and to practice yeah. writing jokes for other comedians. You said like some that Rodney Dangerfield would use and then write as if you know, you're doing a Don Rickle set and so on. That was right. Excellent advice. And you said it's the exact same tool that you would sharpen for developing characters. Uh, any other yes. words of wisdom for writing stand-up or writing comedy in general like that? Well, I mean, stand-up is very specific. I mean, if you're writing for yourself, then great. But, I mean, you're figuring out who you're presenting yourself as. Like, you are you are already a person, so that's fine. But you have to sort of figure out your comedy persona. Like, and yes. that's really hard Yeah. To, like hard. figure out what, like who exactly who am I? Like, you know, uh, John Mulaney is not that guy who stands on stage and, and talks the way John Mulaney talks on stage. He's, right. That's his comedy persona. Sure. You know, I think on a Tuesday, he's not talking that way and, 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 uh, and being, the, you know, he's just eating a sandwich, but here, you know, he decided this is his comedy persona. He's going to, he's going to talk that way and stand that way and tell jokes you know, in, in a sort of little verbose way. And it's, it's great, perfect choice. You you have to figure out what you're doing. And so if I want, because he has developed a really good persona, I think I could listen to him and try to write jokes in his voice. I could write jokes in the voice of Sarah Silverman or it's other people who have specific styles. points of view and styles and styles of talking. Yeah. Exactly. But see that that is so, a skill uh, in your own in, on its own is like yeah. finding that persona and being able to like put yourself in that persona to write jokes for it. And I get what you're saying. I'm like so Right, so, because uh, they become characters. So yeah. you just notice them as characters. Like, you know, John Mulaney is sort of like a very sort of uh, fussy, almost gay yes. New Yorker, young New Yorker. So I you're mean, saying it, Andrew uh, Dice Clay doesn't talk like that? <laughs> yeah, I am well, that Talk about a character. That guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. that guy created a, this amazing, weird, Fonzie, weird character and made it uh, a, a, a household name. So yeah. good for him. Larry the Cable Guy. Like his name. Perfect example. Andrew Schneider or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Larry, Larry the Cable Guy is another good example. That, that guy's name is not Larry. Dan. Mr. Dan. <laughs> and, he's, and he's Dan and he's not, uh, you know, a doofus from, you know, like he's a smart guy who, yeah. <laughs> who figured out a. Uh, a, a very funny sort of a stick yeah. on a stick on being sort of like you know this sort of backwoodsy dumb cable guy guy. But so that, great, yeah, that's such a good skill to have, and that's something I really need to put some time into because I could write comedy all day for me, but I can't immediately go else. in to do redneck jokes for you know Larry the Cable Guy and then do like right. Sarah Silverman jokes like that's. That, that's really good. So that, that was excellent advice. And right. So it helps. It, I, that, but that's also good for writing characters. So if you're writing a show like Malcolm in the Middle or Frasier or Simpsons or something that was in this century, uh, you might find, you know, Schitt's Creek or Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. or 
Love Shakespeare. Uh, you 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 want to write in the voice of those characters. There are some shows that don't strike me as their characters don't have specific voices. Almost anybody can say anything, and it'd be fine. Like I don't know if we watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but sure. any one of those characters oh, yeah. seems to talk interchangeably with the other ones. That's it's right. more about what happens. It's more. It's all about plot-driven. Yes, bad the situation. Behavior. That's a good yeah. point. The dialogue is almost interchangeable between them. So right. is it and a big the difference? Says, go ahead. I was gonna say the big difference between you've done adult humor, but you've done kind of more general humor, Nickelodeon things like that. Like, what's the difference? On Nickelodeon, I can't say cocksucker. That's the main <laughs> thing. And everything else frowned upon. Ah, typically, yeah, yeah that makes I mean, that shit so much better. Yeah. <laughs> more, danger had more of that. Yeah, <laughs> physical. Uh, I mean, kids don't do verbal jokes because they don't know a lot of words, so you can't do a lot of verbal jokes. You sure. you do a lot of straightforward jokes. You do a lot of reversal situations, bad situations. You do some a lot more physical jokes. Things explode more, and there's more yeah. stunts and stuff and that kind of stuff because they're their palette of what they like and what they know is like slightly different. So you can, it's, it makes it different. And you can't say certain things and you can't touch stuff like sex or drugs or that yeah. kind of stuff. But in, in a regular adult show you can, and that's fine. So that's the, that's that. And I, I like, I like being able to do, you know, the world I see well, and the world I see does include those. Yeah. Stuff. I'm sure it's way easier to do adult where the doors open to just go anywhere with it. It's also easier. There's a lot of restrictions of what you can and can't say in kids. Oh TV. yeah. That is true. Kids TV in general is just much harder. Oh yeah. It's much harder to make a to good kids TV show. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, there's so many restrictions and uh, actually just the physical making of a show that has so many stunts and so many is just much bigger and harder. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. All right, Mr. Kogan, before we get you out of here, what's next? Any exciting projects coming yeah. up, Punky Brewster, or in the works that we should know about? Um, <laughs> we're, Punky Brewster is about to launch. I was part of that. Yes. Um, I don't know how exciting that is. but That's <laughs> awesome. that, exciting. Uh, that was a big thing. A reboot. Yes. Well, there you go. Well, you'll like the new reboot. Nice. Pumped about it's Punky great. Brewster. Hell yes. All right. Well, then Lots of people are excited about it. We're going to Punky it up. I didn't. I did not watch Funky Brewster uh, growing up, so oh, I, I did, did not that, have the love of Funky. That, what was her name? Soleil Moon? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Soleil Moon Fries. Soleil yes. Moon Fries. Soleil Moon Fries. That was right at my uh, age. That, no, yeah. I did yeah. grow up with Punky. She Blake was, remembers that <laughs> very clearly. She was my jam. Just, uh, I just wrote the, the pilot for the revival of iCarly as an adult oh, show. Oh, cool. So oh, that was super that's, popular. Now, That'll be huge. Yes. Carly is coming. Uh, Carly and her friends are now in their twenties, so it's yes. more like friends. Oh, that's wow. cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I Kogan coming with some <laughs> iCarly. <Exactly. laughs> and then I did the, this podcast, so that's 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 it. Yeah. And you're, you're up to date. And you got crunchy, so and there's like so much you have going on. Yeah, makes my day. Something crunchy. Well, yeah. Let me tell you something that I am sure you've never heard before. The Simpsons is right. my favorite series ever made. The show means oh, great. a great deal to me. Yeah. And thank you greatly for your part in creating something that means so much to so many. Thank you for liking it. Of course. I appreciate it. Of course. We love yeah. your work. You have been such yeah. an awesome guest and we really appreciate you coming on, Mr. Cohen. Thank you. Thank you, it's Jack. It's been Thanks. my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great rest right. of your weekend and hopefully we can talk Thanks. again sometime. Yeah, Thanks, anytime. Jay. It's been great. Thank Good you. Good luck, guys. Take care. Right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, he was our ish right there. Okay, that was like the coolest. Our kind of guest. God, that Simpsons segment. I just had the biggest smile on my face I for 30 know. minutes. <laughs> you ought to be so happy. I'm so happy. This has been a dream for you. Well, and he's doing exactly what I want to be. For sure. Right. He's doing what everybody. Why would you not want to do everything he's doing? That's so fun. It's my dream job. Damn, that was fun. Why yeah. are we doing that, y'all? <laughs> well, I'm motivated to write some shit. Well, I'm going to send it over to Jay. We have to write some shit. Yeah. Let's reach out to Jay and be like, dude. Punch it up. Everyone says we need to like write a bunch of shit. Like, why don't you just tell us what you want to write? Like, we'll write you want it. us to write. Give write us a subject, it. we'll write it. We'll write it for you. Tell us if it's shit. We got some authos. We got some <laughs> synthetic sequels. Blair! <laughs> Who's going to win the big game today? I think it's going to be the Chiefs. You're going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. I'm sticking with Texas Tech Mahomes. They're We're the big winner it. at the casino tonight. I think he's the big winner. <laughs> close game? I do think it'll be close. I do. 
With, with Tom Brady, I mean, he does. He's one enough. High scoring, low scoring. High scoring. Biscuits. <laughs> we got. I like the Bucks. You're going with the Tampa Bay Patriots. Really? By seven. Okay. And I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes has a chance to win it on the final drive, and he doesn't get it done, throws a pick. <gasps> Huge prediction. I love that you went for it. You actually Whoa. like threw out a scenario. Whoa. Yeah. Throws a pick to end the game. Whoa. Bucks win by seven. Bucks win by seven. Have the Bucks won before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Once. Well, once. Yeah. With Gruden. Oh, three, oh, four, something, something like that. that. What do you think? I think Tyler should have placed our bet today. <laughs> <laughs> we had this awesome, sicky lined up bet. He's yep. going to pay for some even more new equipment. Had it all lined up. All right. So here's what we were going to do we had a nice little parlay. Didn't even need us to like go for one team or the other. It didn't mm. even matter if well, it was what, high scoring or parlay? low scoring. We were going to parlay Kelsey to good 90 yards, Evans to get 60 yards, plus P. Holmes to rush for 25. We got it. We got oh. it. Easy money. And I fucking blew it. Oh, you blew it. <laughs> I got up too early. The sports book was fucking closed and I had to leave. He literally drove to Nevada to go place his bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the car for nine hours yesterday. Just to place this fucking bet. Who knew they wouldn't open early? He was there, went super early to go place it. They didn't open. He had to like rush to get back for work. Couldn't even place the bet. (laughs) Sick to my stomach. Barely made it here on time. Sick to my stomach. Now I'm scared to see what happens with this game. (laughs) No, let's talk bets. This was really fun last year. Uh, I bet that during the halftime show, the weekend does an auto-tuned lip sync to Blinding Lights. Hey, any takers? Oh, you yeah. know what? I, I like think that. you're right on that. <laughs> I also bet there's a weird Mike Myers and Dana Carvey Super Bowl commercial where they do a Wayne's oh. World again, but it looks all old and makes you feel old, and we're all kind of old now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, they're just way too old. Loose skin, old balls, balls. I bet you there's going to be a real sad Budweiser commercial in there someplace. I heard Budweiser's not doing a Super what? Bowl commercial or not doing a horse-related Super Bowl no. commercial. I don't think they're doing a Super Doritos, Bowl commercial. Doritos, Budweiser, like always. Staples. Yeah, Sta- these are the yes. things we need. I need to cry over some Clydesdales. <laughs> exactly. Give me some Clydesdale. That's yeah. what I'm here for. If we're not crying over Clydesdales, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's what the Super <laughs> Bowl's the all about. Super Bowl. That, that truly is the best Super Bowl commercial of all time. Of yes, all it time. Yes, it is. Agree. Blair, if I remember correctly, you were the one that guessed the right color of the Gatorade dumped on the coach after the game last year. Yes, <laughs> totally nailed it with orange. You did. Knew you, it. you won the bet. You guessed orange. You were correct. How do you feel about it this year? I'm changing my color. What? I do think that orange is like the OG. Orange mm. is projected <sighs> highest. Okay. Plus I have reason- for orange odds. I have reasoning for my change. Yeah. I'm going to go to red. Ooh, because it's Chiefs. Because it's Chiefs and it's Tampa Bay. But that was the same thing last year. 49ers and Chiefs, both red. That was what I said. That was what I went red, and it didn't work. <laughs> well, then you go with orange, I'll go with red and see what happens. Go oh. yellow. Well, no, no, no. I think I maybe went yellow. I think yeah, I'll I went, say, I, I think you went OG. I think, like, I think I went OG lemon lime, actually. Yeah. Is it yellow? Green? Yellow? Yellow? Yellow. I think I'm going to go OG lemon lime this year again and go down with the ship with my same... Is that what you're doing, Tyler? Oh, no. Where nope. are you going with it? Fucking purple. Purple? Whoa. You're just going You're out crazy. of the blue? Yeah. You're crazy. Okay. Weird. Purple is at plus 600 right now. You Damn. can make some cheese off of purple. <laughs> this is like an actual bet. Like people make have. a lot of money off oh, of Oh, no. Gatorade. This is like a real thing. So I, I could have made a lot of money off of Orange Gatorade last yeah, year? Yeah, you could have made some money. Damn. Fucking Arizona. <laughs> shit together. Let us bet on some goddamn sports. Some <laughs> All right. So here's just a couple fun prop bets. How many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned? <laughs> oh over, man! Over one time, yeah. It, it oh, might, definitely. Yeah, one under one seventy-five, and then we have under one time plus one thirty-five. It'll definitely be at least one time. Twelve. Say at least three to five yeah. mentions. It'll be a couple times. Definitely over one. That's a. So yeah. I'm gonna say like three to be- five mentions. Like. That's mm. an easy bit. I don't know if it'll be three to five. Like they're not gonna mention it that much. It depends on what's happening in the game. Okay, which word will be said first, COVID or pandemic? Hmm, pandemic. COVID. Wow, plus 300 I'm thinking for pandemic, COVID all day. Minus 500 for COVID. Minus five. Wow. Which word will be said first, mask or COVID? Mask. 
Yeah, minus 300 for mask. Yeah. 200 for COVID. Because it could be face mask. I know. Grabbing. I'm thinking of a lot of different masks. He grabbed them by the mask. They're, every person that goes to the Super Bowl gets like a personal sanitation pack, so a Super Bowl pack that mm-hmm. has a face mask, hand sanitizer. It's got like a bunch of shit in there. A super mask? Yeah. That's cool. You should save that stuff. If you guys For are going sure. to the game to get that. Do they always give out a Super Bowl fun pack? No. no. This is no due to the pandemic. So like this shit's going to be paying extra for that. <laughs> major cheddar someday. Yeah. Well, it's going to be the first Corona Bowl. And the first time that a team will host their own Super Bowl should be oh, an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, this is the first time that's yeah. happening. Oh yeah. Should be an interesting one. No players at the game. No uh, former players are allowed to be there because they don't want to draw the yeah. crowds to um Tampa Bay. Yeah. So how many people are gonna be in the stands? It's not gonna be full. Well the Eh, I don't know how many people they're letting in, but the, there's no X players are, are allowed to go because they think X players brings more fans. Even if they're not getting into the game, they might you know hang out downtown really? and try and see more players that are hanging out. So okay. all the retired you know, Hall of Famers not allowed to go. Well, not even allowed in Florida. Damn! Don't even come to the state. Just don't even come. If you live here, you gotta leave. It's a Super Bowl bubble. Well, <laughs> leave the state. <laughs> Go to Georgia. Go on. <laughs> Go Get on out now. of here. Go on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, pump for the game. And yeah. damn, Jay was a fun yeah, he was Oh, that awesome. was so fun. God, he was, was awesome. Good times. Good times. Good that interview. That was so cool. This has been another super episode of Something Crunchy. Don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life. And be crunchy to one another. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. Thank you for listening. Oh, my mother painted that for me? Oh my god, my middle name is right behind that shrub. I'll finally know what J stands for. From this moment forth, I will be known as Homer J. Simpson! It's so beautiful.